Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group, this time with a roundtable and our familiar partner, the Veterans Legislative Voice. Today is Saturday, May 20th, 2023. May is Mental Health Awareness, Military Appreciation, and Asian Pacific Heritage Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Cleveland, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. But filling in today is Shakaya, as always, doing a great job. As also as a studio engineer. A digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And Stephanie Collada is back with us. She is a U.S. Army Reserve Sergeant First Class veteran and the founder and creator of the Veterans Legislative Voice. And we've been pretty busy this week, seems like, or this month, uh, Stephanie, because I see a lot of stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about homeless veterans getting booted out of hotels and, and accommodation for migrants. And GOPs is also trying to uh, do a slugfest with uh, vets and benefits and change vets' benefits. And also some people, active, uh, an active uh, organization, trying to argue against what has been going on in the Pentagon. What can you tell us about what is happening today? Yeah, there's been a lot of news for military and veterans in the past week, and that's the whole reason why Glenda asked me to come on again, so we can uh, try to get all of this out there for everybody. So uh, last week, a lot of people have seen the article that came out saying that veterans were uh, kicked out of a hotel room because uh, migrants um, were going to be taking those rooms, and they offered more money than what the uh, veterans organization had paid for the veterans. Come Mm. to find out, that story is completely false and a hoax. Well, well, it wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) No, no. But I'm glad that she she, achieved. You deserve an award just for doing that. (laughs) This is is groundbreaking. This is historical, (laughs) and this is historical, and and, and, because a lot of places would have ran with that and tried to make that and spin the story and make uh, try to get ratings out of it. But you brought the yep. real truth and off the bat just said dismissed it because oftentimes clickbait is getting a lot of people in trouble because they see this stuff on social media. And I trust your research and I know because I know you do real journalism. You actually go back and look at what is going on in real in the real world. The laws of gravity apply to you. You actually apply the laws of gravity to these stories. So tell us what how did you come up? What did you discover and what's really going on? Yeah. Um, so a lot of. A lot of newspapers and uh, media sites had actually picked up the story um, before they found out it was a hoax. Fox News, uh, the New York Post, others uh, as well. And then uh, thanks to the diligence of the Times Union, they actually were able to, um, when they asked for documentation to support the claim that was being made, come to find out there wasn't any documentation and they weren't able to substantiate their story of the veterans being kicked out. And even one of the veterans, part of this was paid by a person to do this, to uh, be a witness. And she was the lady that had put out the, the false story. Well, so, so someone was paid to spin this false narrative about veterans being kicked out and, and for migrants. Yes. And a lot of media, sto- media sites have already um, done a retraction or done an update. 
to update everybody, the biggest one I've seen that hasn't is Fox News, and I actually sent them an email. Well, they, they still haven't admitted that they, you know, had their last lawsuit they had. What was it about? I can't remember now. I guess so many lawsuits. Was it sexual harassment? Oh, there's a or? ton, but uh, Dominion was the was the big one, and so yeah. and oh yeah, the one that, but, the, uh, the the election. Yes, and then the thing about the Fox News story that they ran with on this subject was that they blamed the Biden administration, who has absolutely no control. <laughs> over this small tiny thing that happened um because it's it was probably about 15 veterans total that they had quoted at the time and it was actually being done through a nonprofit and not through the actual VA and so there wasn't any there wasn't anything that the Biden administration would even have any hands on for this so wanted to point that out as someone that has worked in high level staff teams there's things that can be done or are done, and the staff just doesn't have the ability to even make the choice for them or to make the difference that they can. They can once they find out, but if they're not part of the situation, they really have very little responsibility. Their biggest responsibility is reacting when they find out this happened. Mm. So I wanted to point that out for everybody's understanding on that. Thank you for that. And that is, I mean, like I said, I am amazed that you took the time, but I'm also, but I'm not shocked, not surprised. And I want to get your thoughts on why uh, mainstream media oftentimes just picks, does sloppy journalism. That's just sloppy journalism to me. That's all it really is. Right. Well, the thing is, is that um, a lot of times right now, the news is 24-7. Years ago, before really the Internet blew up and social media took over, um, you know, you had a news cycle and you could have 20 to 48, even 72 hours, even when there was just newspapers and a little bit of the the, uh, news on the television. So you had time to get the um, substantiation, the substantiating documents for everything that they need to rightfully uh, post the story. Now, everything has to be done now, 24-7, need the stories, need the coverage, need the viewers and the ratings, and that is taking a higher priority than actually making sure that the story is true and factual. Hmm. So what is going on with the I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't blame some of the, like the reporters and the journalists because they're doing what they can to get it, keep their job, mm-hmm. and pay their bills. It's people that are higher and in control of them is who I fault on those type of things. Hmm. So there's yeah. a slugfest going on with the GOP about veterans oh, benefits. Yeah. We kind of touched on this last time. They want to cut certain things because they're trying to take, and they're also kind of taking the country hostage with the debt ceiling. Is that what yeah. we're talking about this time again still? Yes, yes. There's um, So the House Appropriations Committee unveiled some plans, although they haven't publicly revealed them yet because I've been trying to find them and they haven't. And that would be plans for a $320 billion Veterans Affairs budget for fiscal year 2024, which is majority of that would be the uh, mandatory funding and some discretionary funding. Still not sure of how that would relate to the um, bill that they that passed the House that quotes a decrease in discretionary funding. I will say that um, they still haven't said what, how much of the discretionary funding will be cut for each agency in every department. They have not done that. So to me, if they haven't said on the document in black and white that it's not touching VA and it's not touching the DOD, 
I don't trust it until they specifically say that in black and white. So just want to let everybody know that, that that's how it's stated in those bills to try to patent that they're trying to pass to raise the debt ceiling, then also save some money and cut some spending. But the problem is they're not specifying where the spending's going to be or the cut's going to be. And without knowing that, we can't give a full get a full picture of what they're approving to. It's just like back with the Obamacare and a lot of people that were against it were pissed that they didn't have enough time to read it. And there's some really bad statements that Representative Pelosi has said that we got to pass it. We don't have time to read it, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's time to read this. There's just nothing to read <laughs> to substantiate what they're saying. So, so six or half a dozen. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. This is crazy. I don't know. So, yeah. but, you know. So what is your, what is your thought? So we're, we're taking we're taking tabs now. What's your thought? I still believe oh. that something will get done before the deadline, but. You still you still kind of uh, kind of worried about it. I'm worried because you know um, it does take. There are mandatory uh, rules and set in place of when, uh, how much time that, that they must give to let you know they got to pass both chambers, right? Mm-hmm. So if it passes the House, the Senate will not ha- will only have so much time to read it so they can vote on it because a lot of times there's going to be. Uh, last-minute amendments to that bill all the way up to the final vote. Even if they uh, fail to vote um, for the first try on the next uh, go-around, they can make amendments until they get enough votes. Mm. So uh, it's just like with the Speaker of the House voting. Um, They will keep going until it stops, until they finally get enough votes. But the thing is, is that that doesn't give the Senate a whole lot of time to analyze it and go through everything and then make their decision. Wow. So we're kind of short on time. We've got 10, well, 11 days, because I think there's 31 days in May. So we've got, we, it's going to be take a little while, and it's going to be a little bit scary. I'm a little bit more on the uh, darker outlook of it, mostly because... Like myself and many other people, I ha- I depend on my VA disability, and I am technically fully fully disabled. I do all of this stuff voluntarily throughout my time of my own care. So, 100% of my support for paying bills is from the government. Mm. So I'm a little worried and scared because those type of things will go on, and if the um, if we default, I will not get my checks to pay my bills. Well, June first. You got to make sure you get paid. That's for sure. The thing of it is, is yes. that this you would think that they would le- would have learned from history because I think the last, was, if I'm not mistaken, the last time the government shut down was during the Clinton administration, and when that happened, no, the, was it that, no, no? The government shut down multiple times. Have shut down multiple times. I used to be well. I was in the reserves, and I was also a uh, government civilian during a lot of the um, government shutdowns, and I was also a government civilian when we had the sequestering. Uh, in 2013, that summer yeah. that we had to take pay cuts, the government civilians had to take pay cuts for that. I remember, okay, I remember that now. How long did that last? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, the we had uh, we didn't have much government shutdowns. I think until about 2013. I remember something in 2010, 2009, somewhere around there, because of the drill weekends and stuff. I remember, yeah, don't come in this no- this month. Come in next month, <laughs> and you'll get those calls. Um, and then they've had it a couple of more times after that. Um, the worst one I, I will say will be 2013 with the Obamacare because starting, 
October 1st, we came in to sign in, sign our paperwork, and then leave. And then for the rest of the week, I was at home trying to figure out how to pay my bills. So, um, and thankfully, we were brought in the next week. Um, A lot of government civilians were allowed to come in and finally get paid, at least, uh, later. And so they started doing that more because they used to just send you home. Mm. So... Thankfully, they've got a better process about things, but still, it's not great. It's not even making me worried now. I'm not sure if I'm going yeah, to still, I'm gonna, sorry. I'm gonna still vote for the, you know, the state. Uh, yeah. If I still tab for, with the uh, the positivity side of the things, I think things are going to get get passed or get resolved. I think most yeah. people in the markets believe that uh, that things will get resolved sooner than later, just because. And I think in a lot of people's minds that um, I was out of the military by that by that time, so I wasn't affected by any of those government shutdowns. But I do remember vaguely yeah. now those things. I still seem mm-hmm. what sticks in my mind though still are during the Clinton years when um, when they had the big showdown between uh, Newt Gingrich and, and Bill Clinton, and the government shut down yep. and people got pissed off, and then there was a huge turnover in the elections that following mm-hmm. that election cycle. Did, did that happen from your memory this last these last few times? Well, uh, so. I will say the opposite. Mm. Uh, The Tea Party started a rise in 2010, and then it increased from there. The thing is, is that the Tea Party members, they just believe in cut spending, cut spending, but they didn't understand how the debt ceiling and all of the budgets actually go through, because there was a uh, there was a lot of attrition that happened between the more experienced uh, representatives and uh, senators and then getting replaced by the Tea Party members. And um, then we had the sequestration, the uh, shutdowns and things like that after they came in office. Mm. It's getting yeah. darker. So, yes. So if you guys wanted to see uh, anything that really helps you out, uh, Newsroom on HBO Max, written by Aaron Sorkin, they, go, they actually do it from a news point of view, uh, newsroom point of view of how the politics went from 2011 on for a couple of years. And a lot of the stuff that happened was actually pretty factual or they changed, you know, they changed names from the real people for a lot of things. But there was a lot of factual things that came from that. Wow. So yeah, what's so going on now? Wanna, <laughs> yes, yes. Watch on. instead of read it. You guys can do that. Um, I love to change it over to about the letter, the 3,000 veterans and active duty and people sending a letter to Congress mm-hmm. or yeah, the Pentagon. Okay, so I, got, I pulled this off of the American Military News, and the quote, the title says, 3,000-plus vets active duty organize against Pentagon's, quote, left-wing social agenda in signed letter. Now, I will say, this is because Senator Tuberville refuses to allow um, specific promotions get passed through Congress because he is against uh, the Pentagon's policy to cover for leave and travel for their military members that need an abortion, but they're in an area that they don't have any military members uh, qualified to perform the abortion or anywhere on the civilian side. And just a reminder for everybody, the Pentagon will only cover for uh, abortions when it, it's rape, incest, or it's a risk of the health, of, health and welfare of the mother. Okay. So this is in lines with a majority of the uh, abortion bans that's out there that this is a common exception. So it's a little frustrating from here. 
Um, I will say that just the quote or the title of this article is misleading because when you see left-wing social agenda, you're thinking a whole lot more of that. Right. So exactly. I really want to encourage. It seems kind yeah, of inflammatory really- to see that even to kind of read yeah. that. So what is where did that come from? Where did that phrase come from? Uh, that came from the uh, American news, American military news media company. And so I wanted to point that out for everybody, for all the veterans and all the military supporters out there that definitely read the articles before you comment. Because when this was getting posted and shared online, a lot of people didn't realize it was only about the abortions and the abortions that are currently used as the the ones that are being performed are the common exceptions in most of the states. So just wanted to point that out for everyone not to go start hating on the Pentagon or the pre- or the administration or Congress just letting you guys know that this is how it's how it truly is and really want to encourage everybody to read and understand what the heck is going on. And it's really I just want to go on the other side of I'm really want to um, support those that need those abortions. Um, even the Rand Corporation has done a study, and they worry that um, because of all these new abortion bans and not letting them and pretty much trying to provide that access to these service members, that the annual abortions that need to be done for those exceptions will go from 20 to a couple of thousand a year for our service members. And I wanted to let you guys know that because it's a lot. And a lot of the things that happen to women when they are in labor or having a baby, it can kick them out of the military because it can cause permanent disabilities for them. So they'll lose their job and their support if these abortions are not are performed correctly or performed at all or in a timely manner. This is something that is really scary and really important medically for our service members. Mm. And then, so, so, what, so what was the what were the signatures were about? They were people were protesting that the abortions were being done. Is that what the signatures? Do you mention about the signatures? Yes. Okay, because they uh, because they're covering the travel and the uh, and giving them leave time off to go do this and reco- physically recover. Mm-hmm. And I find this really frustrating because uh, a decade or two ago, a very conservative judge has stated that uh, military sexual assault is an occupational hazard and not something that should be held against the military. So if you guys want to call it, yes. So if you guys want to call it, huh? Like slipping and falling? Yes. Yes. You can slip and fall on banana peel, that's it, or you could get uh, raped, and that's, they're basically one and the same. Yes. And this was a judge in the South. Uh, and I believe 2010, you guys can Google it and it'll come up for you. Um, and so if you guys, if using that example, that sexual assault is an occupational hazard, well, then covering the abortion for the assault is like workman's comp. You can't have it both ways. Well, that's true. Um, (laughs) Yes. I wanted to give that advice and that uh, logic out there for everybody to understand. I mean, it's crazy. But the thing that I have an issue, I have a the reason why I have a real big issue with that particular statement is because you can argue that when you start join the military, you know you're going to put your body at risk because you are possibly going to get shot at. You possibly might get hit yes. with, with an RPG or an IED or some kind of explosive device, whatever. However, mm-hmm. these that's something that is happening from you and the enemy, typically, yes. or something like friendly fire, possibly whatever. That's you don't condone illegal activity 
to harm your own your own workforce. No, because the more times than not, you're going to be assaulted by your own superiors, peers, what have you, your own people that are supposed to be looking out for you. I mean, they wouldn't say the same thing about, you know, drug use. They wouldn't say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's something that people do, whatever. It's not just, it's not just an everyday thing. That's something that should not happen in the first place. It's against yeah. the policies and even the, the laws of the Uniform Military Code of Justice, the UCMJ. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Wow. So what else is new yeah. in the world? Oh, so many things have been coming out really quickly, and it's really difficult to capture them all. Um, I'd say, uh, so there's been a lot of, uh, at least for back to the funding and for the debt ceiling, things were going good until yesterday. Um, staffers from uh, the House Speaker's side had walked out on the meetings that they were having for the uh, discussions. So that's another thing that makes me a little bit scared for what's going on because those type of things uh, can really wreck the discussions and the compromises that are happening. The Democrats are also scared because they're worried about what compromises Biden will approve of. Um, But uh, there is also something really going on uh, brewing on the GOP side because um, Speaker McCarthy only has so many Republicans to vote for his side, and he needs a majority, and he has to make the majority uh, vote by the slim of his teeth. So that's the reason why there are so drastic things added to the bill for all of the uh, government's cuts. So those type of things are going to be really scary when there is a compromise. And if he can't get the if he can't get certain things passed or approved by Biden, but also not passed by his in, almost entire Republican side, he'll have to go to the Democrats, which then would be a complicated thing because they want compromises. So it's going to be a very contested issue coming up here. So um we just got to sit and watch and see how these type of things go, because if there's any compromises with the Democrats, the Freedom Caucus, I know, would be the first ones to walk away uh, from voting yay. So those type of things are going to be really contested. Uh, watch out for C-SPAN, because I'm sure it's going to be up there and watching in the next week or two. And we'll have to see how this one plays out. So in your mind, what are some of the things that were, are the easiest ways to slim to cut costs because we definitely need to roll back some of the stimulus money. I know they they approved. I think it was something like was thirty billion dollars or something that was from unspent money from COVID from the COVID relief package. Yep. It was it was reappropriated back into the budget. Um, oh yeah, I'm completely supporting that. Anything that is unspent things that have really we have no longer use for definitely roll those back and pull those back. One of the things that the Biden administration side is to trying to support uh, more funding into the IRS, because the one way you really make money and you draw the revenue in to pay off the bills is through the IRS. If you have more people that are available to actually work the uh, taxes and the audits and everything that has to happen, you need the people to work it. Hmm. So it's really scary when those type of things happen. And, but the uh, GOP side wants to cut funding to the IRS because they've been using that as a voting basis that they have hired more people to take the money from you middle classers, middle and low uh, poverty class people. 
in reverse, they actually were really hiring more people that will be looking at people with much higher income than those that were voting. Mm -hmm. Um, They were mostly for, I believe, it's those that are families that are pulling in six figures and above, those businesses that are doing a million and a half profit and above, those type of things is where the IRS was really focusing their hiring measures because that's how they organize the IRS. They actually hire them into teams that are done to specifically work on certain social economic groups. And that's what was specified on the uh, bills that Biden was able to pass. Mm -hmm. I can understand fear of the IRS, particularly with small businesses, because a lot of times small businesses get hit hardest with this. Our country could do a lot more work as far as making it easier for people to become entrepreneurs and also for small businesses to stay viable because they get hit hard with taxes. It's very difficult for small businesses to to, to thrive in this this, uh, economy. It is. And so that's the reason why they're focusing on those that are a million and a half revenue and and higher, because those people can afford the accountants and everything to either do it correctly or able to do it wrong and get away with it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, but but I mean, true to an extent. But the thing with it is, is that when you oftentimes what you see oftentimes is that businesses, they might bring in a lot of money, but they don't keep mm-hmm. a lot of that money because they have such high expenses. And so, and so operating costs are so high that they don't necessarily walk away with, you know, they're not making a million dollars. It goes into their pocket. They might bring in two yeah. or three million dollars, but they got employees to pay. They have, you know, insurance they got to cover. If you live in a certain cities, you got a union uh, uh, fees you got to pay for and stuff like that. So then all of a yeah. sudden now you're left with a smaller, you know, you, you're still doing okay. You're not struggling per se necessarily. But I mean, yeah. it makes it hard for small for people to to grow their businesses. Um, I'm still a proponent of cutting some of the things that. To me, the the budget is too political. And we're running out. We're running mm-hmm. out, of, out of time. We got about ten seconds. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll pick this conversation up a little bit uh, later. I'll definitely right, get more into you. to see what is going to happen with this vote. I'm still on the optimistic yeah. side, although you gave me some history. So now I'm thinking a little bit twice about it. Yeah. But you guys have a great weekend. Thank you. Stephanie, always with you. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.